Hello, I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in, in a, a podcast. podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. much. It's snowing today. Yeah. But in previous weeks, it was 100 degrees in here. It was, but do you know why it's snowing? Because you, it's winter? Well, you know how we have like white Christmas? It's like, oh, it's snowing on Christmas Day. Yeah. It's snowing today because, are you ready for some football? So we're, I was going to say filming A this. A real big party. We're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm ready for some football. So we're going to have JT in the halftime show. Oh, so excited. And then the Eagles and the Patriots tonight. To make more sense of things, um, because this show comes out on Tuesdays, we are going to talk to you like it's the Tuesday after the Super Bowl and tell you what happened. So there was a great showing from Brady's boys. They threw the ball. They touched it. They got it down. There were safeties. Did you see that one guy run the ball oh, in that way, and then the other guy stop him? And Gronk had it, and he just ran so good. Oh, that Gronk. And there's those greasy poles that they did in um, Philadelphia so that people couldn't climb up Did you them. hear the thing that Gronk said after oh, that made my, everybody he, giggle? He had that commercial about Tide Pods. <laughs> Don't eat them. So relevant. There and was, then Justin Timberlake during halftime. Well, I can't even. There were there was uh, no <laughs> no mouth no that a little malfunction. You may not have seen it over there. You have to be looking real close to see that. I little, was looking that wardrobe kind of do what it did. Ah, uh, but the game and the, the commercials game. and the people. L two four fifty two. There we go. Minnesota. It's so cold there. How did they even do that? They they can't believe Magic. it. It was great. No one got the flu. Perfect. Roger Goodell got a standing ovation. No one protested. It was amazing. It was the best. And God that... bless America. <laughs> and that wraps up the Sports Minute on Peas in a Podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's why it's snowing because it's um, the big game day and it's got to snow. It's got to snow in the big game. Just like uh, the magical time where where uh, Tom Brady comes and delivers presents to all the boys and girls. So this is Two Peas in a Podcast. It's a relationship advice show from two people that like each other very, very much. The first part of our show is P's and Q's, where we take a relationship question from you, our pod squad, and dissect it. Whoa. The, oh, new word. New word. The second part is the split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. And talk about it. So my uh, my, my P's and Q for today, I think it's relevant to this, this sports day. The, big, the biggest day of the year. The biggest, more nachos will be eaten today than ever in the history of Mexico. I remember hearing that when all the toilets flush at halftime, it's like the water pressure in some cities. They have is. to divert all of the toilets to Lake Erie. <laughs> um, more pizza gets bought than in the history of the world. And everyone will take tomorrow off or yesterday because it's Tuesday, <laughs> but it's Sunday. Whoa, looper. I got my loopered myself. <laughs> Okay, so this question is going to be really relevant because it's about teamwork. Let's and as hear it. Brady's boys know teamwork makes the dream work. Um, one team, one dream, etc., etc. Okay, so hi peas. We all know that a relationship. Ugh, bleh, my brain. Okay, <laughs> was that part of the question? Oh, <laughs> uh, sometimes when okay. I read, my brain doesn't work. You go. Hi peas. We all know that relationships are a team effort. Both sides working together to make one beautiful partnership. 
I've heard that relationship workloads should be maybe about 50-50, each person putting in the same amount. What are your thoughts on this? How much effort should someone really expect from their significant other in making the relationship work? That's our question for today. Very appropriate. So what do you think, Steph? 50-50. You do your part, I do my part, and we make a 100% math. It's great. We're keeping the chart keeping the whole the chart, time. The whole it's time. not 50-50 the whole time. It's not working. Yeah. So what do, what do you think about that? Because I've heard that before, too. Like, you know, you put in an equal effort and you make one good big thing. It's so interesting because I hear that, but they do time studies on who does more of anything in a relationship, and it's women. Mm -hmm. Like, just about every study is, you know who does more of almost everything? Women. Like, more cooking, Uh, more cleaning, more child care, more whatever. Life for men is so hard. We have our (laughs) own flu. And that's not to poop on men. Men are doing stuff. Men work long hours. Men contribute. They're amazing spouses and husbands <laughs> and all that stuff but generally women do more around the house egalitarian wise i think traditionally it was like the man goes gets the money and the woman takes care of the house and that's 50 50 boom but like that's not really a thing the thing is that never but lo- even when that did happen even when men were working more outside of the home than women if you were to calculate the amount of time men were working and the amount of time women were working at home women were still spending more time doing actual work whoa so this whole this whole idea it never happened 50 balance is based on something that was never even actually real yeah okay well so there's <laughs> that so question asker 50 50 never happened never happened probably not a good idea um i've in theory, because of math, yes. say you have a candy bar, okay. cut it in half, okay. share it, yep. each get the same. In uh, my, 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 my case as a child, my mom would say, your sister can divide and Elle, you can choose or vice versa. Because, you know, when you would, you would, or older brother, you'd try to break off a bigger piece and be like, well, I'm taking this one. You can have a smaller piece. It just made things fair. And um, so I guess it's whatever is fair in your relationship's eyes. First of all, you do you. Speak your relationship truth. However, personally, I think you should be expecting to put in more effort than your partner all the time. Okay. And I know that's not always possible, but I feel like if, in my mind, I'm putting a forward 60% and expecting maybe like 40 from you and you're putting forward 60%, I feel like it'll end up being like really nice and even and good. I feel like if we're both putting in extra and not expecting the same amount from the other person, you can create like a really nice whole relationship. Yeah. I think that like what you're talking about there is like on topic, but I think there you're talking about conceptually, like what do you want to be giving to your partner? Mm. Do you want to have a mentality where you're doing more for your partner? And that's, I think, what you're talking about. Like, yeah, there's a fraction there, but I think what you're really talking about is agreeing that you're going to be giving and and kind and considerate to your partner's needs. Right. And it's really sweet that you think that because I think a lot of in a, a lot of relationships that thought doesn't necessarily come out. I'm not in a relationship. Well, okay, I'm not. I'm not a perfect person. Hold, stop the presses. <laughs> not perfect, uh, but I I do feel that there are some things in a relationship. Like I'm in a relationship because I love you. You make me feel good. You make me feel confident, and I I do get stuff from you. But I, I, so. I like being in a relationship with someone that I can take care of and that I can uh, we, help, we can grow together. So there is definitely a give and take. Part of my 
issue with a 50-50 kind of thing is like, I only have to do this much. Um, and I do feel that there are times that call for you to go further. Yeah. And it's just like you said, it's an attitude. Like, I only have to give 50%. So my your mind kind of starts thinking about everything and only like, I only have to do this much. Well, and to add some more specificity, I think, around what you're saying... I think in our relationship, we are one of the more egalitarian couples I know. Mm -hmm. You cook, you clean, whatever. And apparently the world ends the second like the husband helps cook and clean. It's like, oh my gosh, she helps you. Like, okay. I can vacuum so good. I know. (laughs) Uh, So we have, I think, a fairly egalitarian relationship. But do we have a 50-50 relationship? Actually, if you were to divide, if you were to take everything that gets done around our house... Does Dell do 50%? Do I do 50%? Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, generally, yeah. But mm-hmm. we have an ebb and flow over time where situationally, sometimes you do more and sometimes I do more. Mm-hmm. I think when I was working in Detroit, I was driving three hours a day. Mm-hmm. So my ability to do more around the house was limited. And I hated that. Yeah. But... I was very grateful that you were doing more around our house. So do you think it's more important to be having a list of like, these are your duties, you know, these are my duties, this is what you pay for, this is what I pay for, and just kind of like that clarified, or uh, just a more flexible and talking about expectations and oh, yeah, like how that. do you define the what makes a relationship fair? Having an actual duty list divided or communicating the ebb and flow of your relationship. I think probably more the latter. I want to hear what you think, too. Mm -hmm. I think for us, it has changed and evolved over time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you cook. Sometimes I cook. Sometimes I go crazy on cooking. Sometimes you don't. And it just kind of changes and ebbs and flows based on where we're going on, what's going on in our relationship. Yeah, I do think a list could be part of that. Because if I worked all day and then came home and just sat in front of the TV and been like, I did my part. Now you do your part. Well, it's like, well, you work, too. (laughs) and i just i think it'd be nice to have like a couple chores or tasks to make to kind of help well i think a good point that you bring up is i think a lot of people before they get married never talk about what they want the division of labor to be and their expectations Mm -hmm. and then once they do get married you know what you expect and what can actually happen changes so that i think it needs to be a conversation that you're revisiting Mm, yeah 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 so Different seasons, as they say. And then when I was in my first trimester of pregnancy, it was physically impossible for me to cook. You like slept. I could not have cooked if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But then there have been other times where I needed to pick up the slack for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have to take care of the cats because there's this crazy cat disease where if you get cat litter in you, everything will bad will happen. I really don't <laughs> think that that's ever going to happen. But everyone's like, don't change the cat litter. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like, And, I and I've been trying. <laughs> I've been trained I've been okay I may not have been scooping as much but I've been trying to train them to scoop it themselves <laughs> so I'm not very successful so I think my roundabout answer is all the data I've seen shows that relationships that are more egalitarian usually have partners that are more satisfied shocking right <laughs> so what what comes first though that that are Happier. So I think if you can have a mentality where you somehow agree to divide the labor up in a way that works for you and your relationship, depending on what you're doing, mm-hmm. my general thought is that that 
the data would show that that tends to lead to yeah. happier people. That being said, to I think to Dell's point, if you married someone and you never had a conversation about the division of labor, like, I don't know, or their parents did not have an equal division of labor, mm-hmm. like what you can actually expect in your relationship is going to be really yeah. different. So I guess the facts are the 50-50 split was never a thing that happened. It was never guy brings home bacon, wife, spouse, takes care of kids and family. That was never an even I think it's an American thing. ideal for the privileged few where that was the case. Okay. But we've had like single women who never even could get married and that if that did exist in society, it was only for a short period of time. And, okay, so well, let's throw that out the window. Okay. So then what it comes down to in effort because there is division of labor like yeah. dishes, toilets. Those are the two main things of a house. <laughs> Um, oh, dishes. Seriously, though. The gutters. Never stop. Water softener. Um, carpets. Cat litter. Laundry. Sweeping it's the named, floors. This is when vacuuming. A, when a bathrooms. T- toilets. When a TV setting, TV show, it says What's it has in- adult situations. This is what it is. What detergent do I get? Do I get one that looks delicious? Do I wax the floors? Dubai sweep the floors you know I mean this is kind of I'm kind of going off on a tangent but when I was in grad school I remember like I was a TA for a class on family or something I don't know whatever I was a TA for and I remember the professor saying um okay women in the class I want you to write down all the food in the fridge that you need to get like if you had to do a grocery list what would you need Mm -hmm. men I want you to do the same thing tacos pizza and it's not that the lists were different. It's that the women had already been socialized and trained to know exactly what they needed in the fridge at any given point in time. Whoa. And then the guys were like, um. And I think there's a lot of different coded stuff behind that that yeah. we don't need to unpack. Yeah. But I think it goes beyond the fridge. Mm-hmm. Because if I were beyond to list. The fridge. If I were to list out the things that were considered the division of labor, I think my list would become. Part of it is also because I do list in data. So it would be like sweeping the floors, wiping the counters, wiping off the stove. Like, is the inside of the fridge clean? Is the outside, like, have those been clean? Have those been swept? Has that been swiffered? Mm-hmm. And I think your list might be more like, I think I clean the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's good or bad. Does but anything I, smell I think, bad? I think <laughs> women have been socialized already through whatever. And this is kind of going in contradictory of, like, another thing that I said that didn't exist. Women have been socialized <laughs> to... Do more division of labor mm-hmm. stuff. I think Beyond the Fridge would be a great movie starring <laughs> Tom Hanks, Matt Damon, and Reese Witherspoon when they discuss all of these things in a dramatized retelling of the American 50s. It'd be very good. Did you swipe the floor? Yeah. And then they go to that McDonald's guy, uh, that McDonald's movie where Batman played at Bat- McDonald's owner. Who's Batman? Keaton? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Batman. The Batman. The Batman. And it's just everybody comes together and they talk about food and refrigerators and it's just really heartwarming. So back to what I was going to say that the, I think, so what you're going to do, 50-50 doesn't exist. So figure out emotionally, physically, stuff around the house. Make a list and talk about it and talk about like and someone saying, well, I work this amount of day. It's like, okay, fine. Realistically, I think if you want to make your relationship work really well, is look at everything that you do and figure out what makes you two as a couple feel that this is fair. 
and I think this is if you don't want to feel like I don't know beat down or or forgotten you need to speak up about that kind of thing and I guess this gets kind of serious but like you can't be like okay well I guess that sounds fair like no is it really is it fair is this what you agree upon I think that's the most important thing for the relationship and then I think there also has to be I'm a particular person I like things done a certain way but allowing not allowing your spouse like when your partner does a task like or anyone does a task you have to give up control of that which is easier said than done so if you want your partner to fold the laundry but you don't like the way that they're folding it <laughs> like you can't have it both ways uh-huh. for example we both like our shirts folded different ways <laughs> i am very specific about how i like my shirts folded i am not <laughs> and so i've just decided i'm like well then I'll just do my own laundry and, and not complain about it. If I don't like how he's doing it, I can just do it. Well, and that worked. That's something that we worked out because I would do the laundry and you get frustrated because I didn't fold a shirt the way that you liked and you weren't mean about it. It was just like, I, like I don't this like way. it. So I'll um, do it my own way. And I grew up folding a shirt. There's so many, like, I think it's regional how you fold your shirts. Um, it's like your accent. And we just, now we just kind of like fold our own clothes and it's fine and nobody cares. Like, it's great. Like I did, I, we will do the laundry together and just kind of like fold your own stuff. Well, and I think when it comes to doing tasks around the house, for most things, there is not a right way or a wrong way. <laughs> for most things. Most of the mm-hmm. time it's like, well, is it done? And is it done? And like, in an okay way. You, yeah, I think there is a, I mean, if you could vacuum the same spot just for an hour and that would be doing vacuuming the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but most people are going to vacuum. And yeah. if you don't like the little details of it, I think it's, you know. You can probably let it go. Again, I think that's a good conversation to have. But I guess to, to answer the, the question, um, the 50-50, don't think that that's something you have to apply to. Like, you definitely don't want to get abused and become someone's, like, servant. Um, but I do feel that if I know what you like doing, kind of trade stuff back and forth, get over uh, yourselves if you're like, I don't vacuum. And just, like, make the relationship good and fun and share Share the load, man. Come on. What do you think? Is that was that a good final answer? Beautiful. Share the load, man. Great. That's our answer. Okay. Figure it out. Figure it out. You can do it. And hopefully this helped. So if you have any questions that you'd like us to talk about on the Peapods cast, two peas in a podcast, you can send those to us at contactpeapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can join the conversation in our group at facebook.com slash ppodcast and to send us some uh, some ideas or your questions and we will get to them on the show. Yay! Woo-hoo! And that brings us to The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. I'm ready to talk. Well, I've been talking a lot. I'm ready to listen. <laughs> so Dell and I have guilty pleasures. Ooh, guilty pleasures. The best kind of pleasures. And one of our favorites is watching The Bachelor. Oh, it's a garbage show, but it's a wonderful garbage show. There's nothing redeeming about it. It's like eating, say if there was a food that didn't even really taste good. But it, and it wasn't good, but you just loved eating it. And so we watched The Bachelor Monday night because that's when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And on the show, something interesting happened. There's always a character or a contestant who, excuse me, cast member, <laughs> who is the villain. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching the show long enough where 
I'm saying we watch it, but we also look at Twitter. We do the fan cast and podcast. We know how it's produced. We have an understanding of... We watch the show about the show. We we, we understand that it's a manufactured reality. There's, and there's tropes. there, And there's like a archetypes. There's a villain. There's the... The part, the wifey material, the yep. husband material. There's a all American. There's a kind the of the dad, the, the, the mom, the virgin, the kooky, the, the drunk, kooky weirdo. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the the crazy drunk person. Every season has a few of these people, mm-hmm. but the villain in this case always the best. Who could sense. be? Who? This is my favorite villain, maybe that's ever been on The Bachelor. Oh yeah, but she did something to the. First of all, I don't really enjoy this Bachelor. I'm trying to like give you surface level because we could spend three hours talking about the Bachelor. Yeah. So like, let's get through. Rain it in, Steph. <laughs> so, one of the characters gaslit or tried to gaslight the Bachelor, mm. and Ari, who I haven't liked until the moment he stood up to her, didn't put up with it. Ooh, she like went off, tried to go all. I hate to use the word crazy, but she tried to go all crazy, and he shut it down. So, Stephanie, what is gaslighting? You said gaslight. I think I have an idea. Because she said some stuff, went away, and then came back and was like, she almost it was almost like she was like rewriting history or yes. something. Is, is So, tell me about gaslighting. Am I getting close? And so, the reason that Del and I wanted to talk about it is we both watched it happen and then looked at each other, and we said... In very, we talked about it for hours, but we basically said the reason that both of us got divorced from our first partners is because they acted like this partner person on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. So this was weirdly traumatic. It was weird seeing, like, when you see, like, I think part of what makes TV good is when you see things that you resonate with. You're like, oh, I identify with that. But to see something that feels so specific to me oh. happen on television, it was like, what? So Del and I have both been gaslit, and so we decided to do an article where the article that I'm going to talk about and interweave with some other stuff because we need a little background is called Gaslighting, How to Read the Danger Signs, and it's from The Australian by a guy named Jason Gagliardi. Gagliardi. Hmm? Let's talk about what gaslighting is. Gagliardi, mate. What is gaslighting? Um, who does gaslighting and where does it come from? Okay, so what is it? Is that where we start? So, that's where we start. Okay. So, according to Jason in this article, and he gives a definition from a lady named Ruth Ostrow. It's kind of a long definition, but it's really good. Well, it's really bad, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, gaslighting is a covert form of manipulation intimidation or psychological abuse sometimes called ambient abuse whoa that sounds super cre- like ghosts where false information is presented to the victim making them doubt their own memory perception and quite often their sanity oh whoa Using denial, misdirection, contradiction, and mixing of the facts, it attempts to destabilize the victim's beliefs. All right. So the basic, in the fastest instance I can explain it is, you and your partner have a fight, and the person that ends up being a victim in this case, the person that is doing the gaslighting, will somehow find really crazy elaborate ways to blame you for everything that happened, take the situation, 
misconstrue facts, and then sometimes at some point they might leave for a few hours mm-hmm. or a little bit, and then they'll come back and then re-explain the situation, and then the victim is left feeling like, what on earth just happened to me? Well, and that kind of, like, I, from what I remember, I think the history of the term gaslighting mm-hmm. is this this man and his, his wife, he was making her go crazy because he was changing the gas. It was an old-timey house, gas light he was like playing with the gas making the lights go crazy she would be like what's happening and he'd be like nothing everything's fine what's wrong with you and he did it intentionally to make her go insane exactly it's from the it's from a 1938 play okay and then there were some movies about it but that's what happened because in old houses the lights were controlled by gas so you could change their power and how oh. strong or dim they were based on the gas in the house. Oh, it's like a Hitchcock movie or something. It's yeah. Wild. Oh, Ingrid Bergman is in one of the adaptations. Okay. At any rate, basically, but what makes it interesting is the person that's doing this, it doesn't happen once. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a fight like this once, okay, sure. It happens again and again and again. So over time, the person that it's being done to grows to believe they are inferior that and they, terrible that they don't see reality yes Ooh, and it can be it can be even unintentional gaslighting too right can what that, do you mean can it be unintentional like could someone gaslight you and not really mean to but they just do that because oh not, so they're not aware they, of their own yeah because yeah. they got some they got some issues that i just don't know about but probably oh. i i just don't know the answer oh. to that. <sighs> heavy okay. stuff heavy stuff okay so this happened in The Bachelor. Ooh. So Crystal, the villain, tried to gaslight The Bachelor, and The Bachelor shut it down. Oh, yeah. And so if you want to see an example of how to shut down gaslighting, go watch that part of The Bachelor. But so that's the definition. That's where it comes from. But now we need to talk about, for just a second, who does gaslighting. Who does gaslighting? So it is specifically one antisocial personality disorder really it is narcissists so in order to be someone that gaslights i say that because like sometimes people have fights and they're like oh my partner's so terrible and i'm like someone that is a narcissist this is like like you can you can be you can have narcissistic you can you can do something that's narcissistic yes but being a narcissist is a very specific thing and if you've ever dealt with a narcissist full on, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. And like once you've full on dealt with a narcissist, I don't think you'd throw the term around lightly. Mm-hmm. So narcissist. So a narcissist, here are the six traits from psycholo- psychology today. Sorry, let me have them. And you could also read the DSM. There are clinical definitions of this. I'm not trying to diagnose anyone. If you're worried you are a narcissist. You probably aren't one, but, you know. <laughs> Narcissists don't worry if they're narcissists it's or not. It's true. So the six traits from psycholo- psychology today, they lie and exaggerate. Okay. They rarely admit their flaws, mm-hmm. and they're aggressive when critiqued. Okay. That goes together. False image projection. So they have an image of themselves that they try to project on other people, but it's not real. They break rules and violate boundaries. They're really coercive and they're really manipulative. Okay. So this is the type of person that will do gaslighting. And this this type of person, I can say after watching this season that I don't know her personally, but the projection of who she is on this show, it seems to fit. I know. I really hesitate to say that because we're not... We're not doctors. We're, we're not, not doctors. We don't have degrees. 
However, the way that they're portraying this person. This is the edit she's getting is that she's very narcissistic. But something that's really important to note about a narcissist is like a true narcissist tends to leave a path of destruction behind them. Yeah. And so, you know, not a term to be taken or right. used lightly. It's not just they do it and oh, everything's fixed. It's like they're they are on they are, will destroy you and everyone else. And yeah, like it's not very pleasant. <laughs> anyway. Well, there's also Okay. All right. Gaslighting. Reeling it back in. Okay. Reeling it back okay. in. So then the article, going back to the article from The Australian, it brings up a really good book um, written by someone named, uh, I wrote down the name too small, Shahida Ariba. And Ariba wrote a book called Power, Surviving and Thriving After Narcissistic Abuse. Hmm. But I brought this up because the cycle of dealing with a narcissist, which is this gaslighting cycle, has three parts. Oh. So I wanted to break down the three parts that happen when gaslighting occurs. All right. Before we start, let me yes. just say, I love that we got into this like deep research journal, starting with The Bachelor. Let me just tell you, <laughs> if anyone doubts The Bachelor and how <laughs> great of a show it is, we are ta- you are listening to a podcast where two well-educated people are talking about <laughs> very deep research they are also fans of the bachelor so give it a shot don't talk crap until you know what you're missing <laughs> all right Steph, go for it so the three things that the three parts of the cycle so this can happen one time throughout like a fight mm-hmm. but really it's also part of the larger picture of what's happening in a relationship like a loop like a looper yeah oh. so like a big loop and a little loop okay so part one a narcissist will do this to their victim in a relationship okay step one is idealization mm, like everything's perfect yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the clouds are fluffy uh, and that that happened in the show like we know each other everything's so good like we we're gonna win this i'm so good and so in this phase the person that's a narcissist will love bomb that's what the article says oh. they'll be really charming they'll be really kind to you they might give you gifts they'll be really nice it'll be over the top mm-hmm. and you will feel amazing oh yeah i'm saying this from personal experience from my ex-spouse as well. Like, I remember getting gifts from Tiffany and Coach Purses and all this stuff and thinking, like, I was the most amazing person in the world. Mm-hmm. No one had ever treated me that well. Right. And the reason that a narcissist does this is because to a narcissist, you aren't a person necessarily. You are a possession. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Or like a means to an end of feeling good about yourself. Exactly. Okay. So it's a way that, like, they shower you with gifts to make you their own. Oh, okay. So it's a way of, like, trying to manipulate you and coerce you and to bring the, bring you into their world. Ooh. It's very That's interesting. Dirty. And that happened in the show, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, because she was very, Crystal's character was very, like, oh, Ari, we, we are so together. We are the best. And, like, she was just, she was always interrupting other dates and, like, just on him. Love bomb. That's a perfect example. Love bomb. And then, so that happens first. But then the second phase is devaluation. Mm -hmm. And then this is where the psychological warfare kind of starts. Okay. And so what could happen here is uh, they start putting you down to raise themselves up. Oh, wow. 
And so if you have ever read about narcissists or listened into more information about narcissists, they're not necessarily certain why someone could become a narcissist, but one of the theories is that you're narcissistic because you might have a low image of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's one theory. So they put you down in order to build themselves up. Which is crazy because they've already spent all this time building you up with gifts and with words. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, okay, well, let's take it down. Now that I got you... Yes. Even the score here and put things where they should be. Get ready for an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Because you're now you're you've gotten all these gifts. You feel wonderful. And now they're just like, by the way, I don't like how you're doing this Mm -hmm. and this and this and this and this. And that's that was happening in the show in the last episode before the the last part happened. It was like, I'm unsatisfied with you. You did this. How could you? Big scene. Blah, blah, blah. Well, and what happens when. Like mentally, it just starts screwing with your brain because you think, like, what is this person doing to me? Wait, mm-hmm. well, I must be great because they... They said I was. They said all this, but now they're doing this. And then your brain goes back and forth between the good mm-hmm. and the bad. Okay. And during this phase, someone that's a narcissist might um, start cutting you off from mm. your friends and family. Okay. So in a bigger picture, they might start talking to your friends and family and saying lies about you i actually had this done to me at work by a narcissist and they started telling people that i was doing things that weren't true do you remember that they were Mm -hmm. like oh Mm -hmm. i told so and so that you did this and this and this and i was like what yeah i I remember being so baffled of like that never happened like you just really lied about that Mm -hmm. it was utterly shocking Mm -hmm. it's like lie i mean I don't think you should ever, like, lie or be a liar, a liar pants on fire. <laughs> um, but then there's some things that's like, you lied about that? Don't lie. But if you're going to lie, make it a good one. <laughs> don't lie about that. Um, so that. So step one, idealization. Step two, devaluation. But then the third phase, which can happen in a fight or again in the relationship, is discarding. And then this is where the gaslighting kind of starts happening. Like, you've hit the final stage. This is where a narcissist abandons you. So they might leave you for another another person totally. Mm -hmm. They might just, like, walk out of the room and leave for a little while. Or they might humiliate you in public. Okay. So it's really more of an action. So, like, if you and I were fighting, I'd be like, oh, you're great. You're wonderful. And then all this other stuff happens. And then I just leave. And I leave you alone well could also be could it be like a disregard of like your emotions of like you feel exactly why are you feeling this way like hey you're bringing me down it's like no i'm not i gave you all this stuff and like all this happened and you're you're such in a back and forth of your brain that you're just like what would you leave just awestruck and baffled well and everything a narcissist does is about the narcissist so in this case then what the narcissist is doing is just building themselves back up. Okay. Oh, well, I left them. I did this. Like, it's really about how can they elevate themselves. They were no good. I told them and they bought me. So and... I left them for another person. Mm-hmm. I left them to deal with all their whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they blame them for everything that you did. Like, a yeah. narcissist is never wrong. So it's, okay. you messed up. You did this. I left. Mm-hmm. Wow. Taking power and control. <gasps> <sighs> Sorry. I'm like super jacked I'm right now because like, it's so emotional. I'm getting like shivers. Ugh. Yeah. And and we saw this on the show. Uh so what had happened is this this crystal character um was doing all this stuff like oh love 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 love. He started doing some other things cuz there's like 
a hundred other women on this show. She got really jealous and like took herself out of the situation. And well, she also lied to the other contestants about him. She was like, he's a liar. He does this. Mm-hmm. So she did the devaluation phase too. Ooh. So there, it is possible to break out of being gaslit. Yes. So, and you said Ari did something, the, the bachelor contestant, he did something that you really liked. So what he did in that situation is he directly confronted her with facts and then removed himself from the situation in a good way. Mm-hmm. So she basically did this narcissist cycle really quick. And then she left the room and like her leaving was her way of trying to like gain power back. Mm-hmm. And so Ari was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to her for 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, I'm coming back. Right. So he goes in there and he's like, hey, my name is Ari. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, I heard that you were saying this. Is this true? And then he let her respond. And then she basically, you know, stated her emotional state. He reiterated it back to her. And he's like, I understand that you're feeling emotional. And then he explained his side. He's like, I made these choices because of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, well, I'm leaving because of this and this and this. And then he left her with her choices. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay. I know why you're feeling that way, but I'm going to go back out here and have a good time. Mm -hmm. If you want to stay here and make this choice, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And then he left. And that was that was really cool. And um, and the the sad part is, is that I think some people get gaslit, feel like they don't have options. Yeah. And they can't go. Well, a narcissist like tears you down. I mean, it's one fight. Crystal did this once, but this could also happen over a year or two years or three years. It is psychological warfare. Mm. Oh, so how do you get out of it? If you if you feel like, do you have to feel that you have options to get out? Or what is the way to like break that cycle with someone? I guess, you know, like I'm going away from the article here and this is just my own thought and how I got out is I think I had to come to the realization that it was happening. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't know if I saw it somewhere, but I was like, this is, this happened to me and it is happening and... I need to make the active choice to remove myself from this or it's just going to keep happening to me. Yeah. And it's hard too because we think you think you're smart and people are, you know, it's like I I wouldn't be the kind of person that would be caught by this. Like it's not real. Like then you get into doubting yourself that this is real too. And that just continues to prep, perpetuate it. And I don't I'm not blaming people for being in these situations, but sometimes we do like get in our own heads about yeah. like I'm not dumb enough to be caught by this this isn't gonna get me well maybe it did yeah now you're all shook up and it's terrible well and a narcissist is a professional manipulator so when it happened to me it wasn't it's not like it was one fight and i was trapped it was over a year Mm -hmm. that no it was i guess i was with my ex six years or something like that but it was like gifts and showering and attention for a year And then, like, there were no signs of, you know, phase two until the second year. And by then, you're kind of, you know, you don't fall in love with a narcissist. You fall in love with a person. Mm -hmm. And by then, you're kind of trapped and in love. And you're like, well, things will get better. Yeah. They they were so good before. I can get there again. Yeah. And then it's on you, in your mind, to make it better. And you can't. It's impossible. Because you're with a narcissist. Ugh. Ugh. I know. But... We wanted to talk about this because we thought it was really helpful information and also because we saw it play out in pop culture and it impacted us. We Mm -hmm. spent a lot of last week talking about it and trying to talk about whether how it impacted us and what we need to do to 
not, you know, do it again or <laughs> have it affect your life forever or be afraid of everything. Exactly. <laughs> because you are good. You are awesome. And you're amazing. Baby. You're amazing. You're amazing. Our you're the best husband ever. You're the best wife ever. No. Except these people listening are probably their spouse's best partner or their partner's best boyfriend or girlfriend. Because we're all our best <laughs> relational people to each other. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm saying. And that's long, all that matters. As long as you know. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, no, okay, I'm done. You get it. Um, Stephanie, that was very heavy. And I feel like I need to go watch a show about rainbows or something. I know. Like, are there cats on the internet that can lighten me up a little oh, bit? Oh, I can show you some cats. I'd love that. There's like, there's, have you heard of the YouTube? They got cats. They do have cats. Cats and rainbows. Cats and rainbows. Well, you know, while you're online listening to uh, Cats and Rainbow videos after this, head on over to uh, iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts or Android Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and download our show and subscribe. Give us some reviews. Get us in your little email box every week with a new episode delivered to you straight from the iPod gods. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. They deliver podcasts every week. So go and subscribe at all the places that I uh, that uh, podcasts grow and you can download us and subscribe and leave us some good reviews so that if you uh, would like to get a question to us you can do that at contactppodcast at gmail.com we'll hit that up in the split if you have an idea maybe for a topic pulled from the headlines for us to talk about you can also send that over our way and we can include that in nope that's the split. P's and Q's is the other one. <laughs> anyway, um, find us. We'll on, get it in. We'll get it in. Facebook.com slash groups slash P podcast. And we are happy to be online with our friends over at the Podcast Elite Network. And I think that's all the housekeeping I got. I'm ready for some football stuff. Let's do this. I'm voting for the team with the pants. Ooh, pants. I love pants. Love me some, love me some of those shiny, slippery pants. <laughs> they are slippery. <laughs> Uh, all right Steph. anything else we hope that after listening to this podcast you learn that you can like each other very very much Peter Pepper picked a pack of pickled peppers. If Peter Pepper picked a pack of pickled peppers, how many peppers did Peter Pepper pick? Twelve. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy had no hair, so Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't very Fuzzy Wuzzy. Unique. Oh, I had one that was one black beetle bled only black blood, but the other black beetle bled blue. Ah, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. You're so good at those. Practice.